If you're a woman over 40 dealing with hot flashes, insomnia, brain fog, moodiness, or weight gain, you don't have to accept it as just another part of aging. The experts at Midi Health know all these symptoms can be connected to the hormonal changes of menopause. And Midi can help with safe, effective, FDA-approved solutions covered by insurance. 91% of Midi patients get relief from symptoms within just two months. Book your virtual visit today at joinmidi.com. With the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. What's up, guys? Cody here for the KFA Report Podcast. This week, we're finally going to wrap up our WrestleMania reviews, uh, but with WrestleMania 21, uh, we're also going to talk about things that went on during the week, especially the new SmackDown commentator, who I'm so happy to hear about, Pat Goddamn McAfee, that ungrateful kicker. And uh, uh, we're going to talk about who we think are the most overrated, underrated superstars in the company's history, who we think is in those categories, and so much more. Check out the podcast right here. Jesus, that was a hard transition, but for whatever the case is, we're here at the Kayfabe Report Podcast, me, Matt, here again on uh, stream, on Twitch, Jesus Christ, it has been a long fucking three days, <laughs> holy fuck, me and my wife tried doing a new diet, she's gonna keep on going with it, it's this Thrive thing. Fuck, it's really messed with my head the last couple days. <laughs> you better get back. Just get back to steaks and weights, buddy. Steaks and weights. Steaks and weights, fucking McDonald's, Burger King, Dairy Queen. Fuck. <laughs> Lifting up Whoppers, Big Macs, and fucking sandwiches. That's what my fucking lit listing is. At least you're lifting something. <laughs> but, uh, yeah, so... This week, uh, we got some news to talk about. Some great news that I heard earlier in the week before we did the podcast on Thursday last week. Oh boy. Um, Pat McAfee, new SmackDown commentator for the WWE. Um, Aren't you so lucky? Fuck you. You, you, you've been waiting. You've been waiting. As soon as I watched SmackDown and they said that he was the announcer and I they scroll over and there he is, I started crying laughing because I'm like, man, Cody's going to be so thrilled. This is great. <laughs> you know what, though? To be honest with you, like I don't hate him like you do or however. To be fair, he's going to be a good uh, ringside announcer for sure. Well, that's... Okay. 
Let's see if I can start uh, changing people's minds. Because... <laughs> I mean, we all know you don't like them. Oh. NXT, kicking, whatever else he's pissed you off about. Here's the thing. The reason that he pisses me off is because he is a braggadocious, just cocky dickhead. <laughs> and all he did in professional football was kick the ball. He didn't make any outstanding yeah. catches. He didn't make outstanding throws. He kicked the fucking ball. Yeah, you, know, you can win a you can win a Super Bowl off of a kick, man. Yeah, and here's the thing: he hasn't won a fucking championship either. With the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandsLots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Lucky Land Casino, asking people, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car, before my kid's PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. <laughs> oh, so where does the hatred come from? Because, okay, first of all, who cares what position he played in, the, in football, whether it was the NFL oh, no, we or not? Because mo- there are some professional football players that came from the NFL that went to the WWE. Goldberg, Bradshaw, Farouk, uh, just to name a few. They were all defensive linemen. They knew how to take a hit. They knew how to give a hit. Pat McAfee was too scared in his little ballerina dress to fucking get hit with the fucking football. <laughs> I hope that you don't run into him and or other kickers who take their job seriously. Because, dude, uh, I'll tell you what, there's some kickers who can lay people out, first of all. Brian Mormon damn near killed a guy one time. He played for the Buffalo Bills, mind you. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, these guys hit when they got a hit. Lucky Land Casino, asking people, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car, before my kid's PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Hey, guys, it is Ryan. I'm not sure if you know this about me, but I'm a bit of a fun fanatic when I can. I like to work, but I like fun, too. It's a thing. And now the truth is out there. I can tell you about my favorite place to have fun. Chumba Casino. They have hundreds of social casino-style games to choose from, with new games released each week. You can play for free anytime, anywhere. And each day brings a new chance to collect daily bonuses. So join me in the fun. Sign up now at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. DTW, void, we're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus. Shit, my older brother, he's like six foot three, 240 pounds, brick shit house. He was a kicker. 
He played college ball. He was a kicker. I wouldn't mess with my brother. Uh uh-uh. uh. <laughs> I don't know. Pat McAfee might be more than you're giving him credit for. Look, the only thing that I seen awesome from Pat McAfee <laughs> was that he caught his own onside kick because he did a soccer move and kicked the ball with his opposite foot that he was kicking with and fucking went down the field 10 yards and went boop and caught it. I'm going to have to check that out. I've never seen that. So, I think it was a, it was either against the Chargers or it was years ago, though, and it was it, it made the highlight reel for fucking Sports Center. Woohoo! There's your only claim to fame, and fucking, it it's just stupid. You know what's crazy is your man crush on Pat McAfee Fuck. is giving him the giving him the attention that you don't even want him to have. You look up his videos. You know everything about him. I think you're crushing on Mr. McAfee. <laughs> Uh. <laughs> Folks, this is where Cody turns me off. <laughs> okay. <laughs> okay. Here's where my hatred for Pat McAfee comes from. Lucky Land Casino asking people what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kid's PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. He was... He knows what he talks about when he's talking about football. I, I cannot deny that man any knowledge he has from football. He has that. I get that the podcast he has is probably 30% character and 70% himself. When he tried to bring that to WWE against Adam Cole, who, mind you, is probably... One of, if not the best wrestler in the world today. And tries to be this showboaty, over-the-top jackass. Which, cool, you're supposed (laughs) to be playing the heel. Good for you, buddy. You get the logic. But when you try to execute it, you were greener than grass, goose shit, and fucking Barney's sister all together. <laughs> I love your podcast because of the character you 30% play and who you are as a person because it's entertaining. That's the whole point of podcasts is to be entertaining and or informa- inform- inform- informative. That's the word I'm looking for. <laughs> Fuck you. <laughs> Man, Mr. McAfee's going to hear this podcast someday and just go, this kid's the one that hated me? Oh, yeah. Yeah, this is going to be the one that puts him into the stratosphere. Let me tell you, if this is the podcast that puts him into the fucking limelight, oh. (sighs) I can just see, I can just see little clips of you upset about Pat McAfee all over social media, and you just become the brunt of his jokes on his podcast now. 
Fuck, that gets great. me more exposure. What the fuck do I care? You'd probably spike to about half a million followers on TikTok, to be honest with oh, you. Oh, yeah, easily. Come, come for me, McAfee, uh, please. Please, I beg you. <laughs> I'm fucking looking for a push, buddy. Yo, I'm going to seriously, I'm sharing this one, and I'm, I'm tagging him on every social media. I'm going to tweet the piss out of him until right he ahead. finally fucking watches it. I don't it. give a fuck. I really Holy don't give fuck. a fuck. Here's the thing. That match with Adam Cole, it was so... <laughs> I love that you're enjoying this, just listening to me rant like an <laughs> asshole. But it, it's, it's great. It's the truth. This is all the truth coming from me. I think that that match was more over-choreographed than it needed to be. There were spots in that match that were unneeded. He did a spot that was already 10 years too late. And it just... The fact that he got put away with the Panama Sunrise and not the last shot. The motherfucker should have been shut the fuck up with a knee to his face. Not a flipping Canadian pile driver that was off the second rope with a little help from the mat when Adam Cole sprung over. And then War Games. Oh my god, War Games. (laughs) until Pat McAfee entered the cage War Games was War Games when Pat McAfee entered the cage War Games became a weapon spot fest that was completely bullshit until the last two minutes when it became real wrestling again the fact that he was in that match pisses me off he should have been a manager and they should have had a fourth guy in place of McAfee McAfee would be a wonderful heel manager and get his ass kicked every now and again. Play that chicken shit heel manager. But the fact you went and bought yourself a wrestling ring with all the money you make, motherfucker. Cool for you. You bought a hand-me-down from Vince McMahon. The same thing could be said from WCW, TNA, now AEW, and OVW thanks to Jim Cornette. Okay, I'm done. <laughs> I guess it's a good thing he uh, isn't like, you know, the WWE champion right now, or you probably have a coronary. Oh, God, do not wish that fucking bad juju on me, motherfucker. You just wait, because because of how much you dislike him. He's going to end up being more than just the voice you hear every day on, or every Friday on SmackDown. He's going to get involved. Oh, fuck you. <laughs> I think he's pretty cool, man. I don't, I don't know. I'm going to probably listen to his podcast now that you bring it up. He, his podcast is awesome. I listen to it mainly because he talks mostly about football. He does talk about some other pop culture topics, but... He does mainly talk about football, and it's it's a really good podcast. As much as I hate the dude, his podcast is really well entertaining. Does he put out one a week like we do, or what I is he doing? I think his is once, once every two or three days. Oh, that's pretty cool. His, I know some people are podcasting like every day. I don't know how they have the time to well, do it's that. it's more like a Howard Stern type thing. Like you just... You just go every day with like a new guest, or you like just keep on talking about what goes on in the news every day. It's not. It's not exactly hard, but if you do it like 
Howard Stern or Pat McAfee or who's another good example? Bill Burr. He's a comedian, but he does it like every two or three days. And he, he's really funny. I love his. I'll have to check it out. I can barely squeeze in two hours a week. It's just crazy <laughs> that these people are... Of course, I get it. Once they get going, it's pretty much, you know, that's one of their main things they do. So right. I get that. Um, but as we as my rant of Pat McAfee comes to an end, we're also going to talk about what his on-air role really will be like when once he starts going. Um, the current plan is to just let him be himself, which, honestly, probably the best idea WWE's had in the last three years. Um, and to avoid overproducing him, which is probably the best thing to do, and the only way you're gonna do that is fucking shoot Vince, because unless you shoot Vince in the dome, fucking execution style, there's, there's, there's no way overproducing will not be a thing. Oh boy. Um, it remains to be seen how long this will last with the way McAfee's personality is and the way WWE tends to overproduce at times, you fucking think. Um, the new WWE gig will allow McAfee to continue to work on his other projects, including his his podcast, which is called The Pat McAfee Show. Ugh. That's crazy. I think it's funny when people name their show after themselves. It's like egotistical. It fits. You know what I mean? Like, it's not like you call this the Cody Wilson report. I would call it the Cody and Matt <laughs> podcast, but that's besides the point. <laughs> At least it's alphabetical order if we do Cody and Matt. Yeah, I'm not even thinking about top billing. I'm just thinking about alphabetical order because my OCD <laughs> would just fucking be going through the roof if we did it Matt and Cody. <laughs> Although it does sound better right. when I say it that way. Yeah. Um, Isn't that just so Yeah, cute? right. <laughs> Fuck you. <laughs> Um, it was also noted that the timing of McAfee's announcement was not related to the budget cuts made the day before, um, which has been a hot topic among fans on social media this week. Triple H tweeted out, a man of many talents and drive to make anything possible. Congratulations to Pat McAfee show for his first night on SmackDown commentary. Hashtag first day on the job. Hashtag Pat's up to something. Pat's up to something. That was a huge... Told you. That was a fucking hashtag for some reason. But it is what it is, nor do I really care. Like I said earlier, fuck Pat McAfee and everything he stands for. But go watch his podcast. It is pretty entertaining. Um. So, did you watch Raw from last night yet? Anything? No. Nope. Okay, so apparently Charlotte's back off a of TV... Uh, they just suspended her indefinitely and charged her $100,000 for putting her hands on a referee and fucking manhandled the shit out of him. Hmm. Uh, I guess it was because Rhea Ripley helped Asuka win against her match with Charlotte to plant seeds for whatever bullshit. But then they just suspend her after she's only been on TV two weeks. So it was like, what the fuck? Why why yeah. even do something then? Yeah, it doesn't make much sense to bring her back and then to kick her off right away. But unless they're doing some like ultimate heel thing for her, you know? 
like she's suspended and then the cops will come because she'll show up and then just make it keep building it and building it as her trying to force her way back yeah i mean turn her into like a badass you know what i mean she's already a badass when it comes to winning titles but i'm talking as far as a character goes make her look bad like like a bad person or whatever Here's the thing, though. It's like, I feel like there's still a um, a problem from between the backstage or just a problem with Vince in general and, like, that squad versus Charlotte because I feel like there's still a whole bunch of backlash, especially after that promo she cut last week. That was a really well-thought-out promo from Charlotte Flair. She's on point, that's for sure. I, I don't know. I don't like you said. It could just be something with Vince or whatever. You know, obviously with uh, what's his nuts being let go, Andrade. Um, yeah. If there's if there's just bad blood right now, or maybe it's just maybe we're talking about it because they want us to talk about it. Maybe there's nothing going on. You know what I mean? Which is all well and good, but it's just. Uh... It's just weird to see how all that uh, is just going down with her right now. It's just bad. And then speaking about things that are going on on Raw, so last week you saw the debut of Lilith, right? Alexa Bliss's new little fun doll. Oh, I thought she called it Lily, but yeah. Lilith, Lily, same thing. (laughs) <laughs> well, apparently they did a little backstory of Lily because they had all of Alexa Bliss's fucking photos, like childhood photos and everything, and just photoshopped that stupid doll in. <laughs> like, oh, she was always with me. She, I've never, I haven't just seen her since WrestleMania. She's always been with me. And then, <laughs> so they're going the Annabelle route with this because they did a story like. Alexa Bliss told a story about how I was on this I was on a playground just like this and a little girl was swinging with me and I wanted to take a bite of her ice cream. I didn't really like strawberry ice cream though, but I still wanted to, you know, wanted to share. Well, she didn't share and I shoved that bitch off the swing. <laughs> her exact words. <laughs> That's awesome. This is a, this is what sucks about uh recording the podcast on a tuesday because i don't have cable satellite whatever mm-hmm. i gotta watch i gotta watch raw when it comes out and it's never out on time for me to be able to get it all now i mean maybe maybe if i'm fortunate enough for it to pop out i could get through it on my lunch break or something mm-hmm. and fast forward but it's never out on time for me to I watch just watch it. youtube clips it's it's almost it's a lot faster that's for sure and it cuts out all the bullshit yeah, I know, but I'm a traditionalist. I like to watch the whole show. Eh, I can understand that. You'll have to send me a link for where you're watching it best on YouTube. Then That way, at least I know what you're talking about. Oh, just go to WWE's YouTube channel. They literally put up everything on Raw that isn't, that isn't bad. And... Um, they put out, like, the bullet points of what went down? Pretty much, yeah. 
And if it was, if something went on air live that they did not approve of afterwards, they uh, you can obviously tell it was edited out. Sure. So just their their actual YouTube channel puts it out there. Yeah, then. yeah, yeah. Oh, cool. So, speaking of announcers, a couple things back. Uh, you remember Mar- Mauro Ranallo from SmackDown, NXT? Yeah, he was bullied by JBL or whatever and went over to NXT. Yeah. Well, he quit NXT and quit WWE, period, and now will be um, announcing the main event of Impact Rebellion, which will be the Impact champion Rich Swan versus Kenny Omega, the AEW champion, belt for belt. Rich Swan. He uh he used to be in WWE, ain't it? Yeah, and then he had a domestic violence uh accusation against him and WWE went It was during that whole year where the Cruiserweight Champion, if you held it, you didn't have good luck. <laughs> First it was TJP, then it was Rich Swan, then it was Kalisto, then it was Pac or Neville for those of you who don't watch AEW. Um and then it went to Enzo Amore. Bada boom. And then the whole stripper accusing him of sexual assault. And then WWE's like, nope, bye. Um, <laughs> yeah, you get yourself involved with that kind of accusation, you're done. Whether you did it or not. Mm-hmm. They're about an image, you know? Do you think? <laughs> um, why do you think they didn't induct China for years? Everything's got to look just so perfect. Yeah, it just... I don't know. It With everything going on... Um, it It's interesting to see a whole bunch of different talents show up in different places. Mm-hmm. Personally, I hope they... Like, I hope these talents that just got released find either new homes or get re-signed or... You know, hopefully it was just like an over th- oversee type of thing. You know, something I thought of the other day would be kind of cool. You hear about like these uh, wrestling tournaments of these professionally wrestle- professional wrestlers all over the world. And there's these large tournaments. Mm-hmm. What, if, what if there was like some sort of uh, world wrestling invitational and to which each... Group each faction WWE, AEW, promotion. Impact, etc. Each promotion sent the best of the best, like their best five, and put it in like yeah, each bracket. This. Yeah, I know it sounds a little far fetched, but oh. give me one minute. We'll edit it. Yeah. Obviously, for the the live stream, it is what it is. But right, right, right. Yeah. No, just My, pause, do whatever you got to do. I don't know. I can't even pause it. That's the thing. Um. Well, just yeah, Let it we'll roll. Just let it roll. Just let it roll. Um. But no. Uh. Before I go. Uh. Apparently, Kevin Dunn was one of the reasons why Billy Kay was released from the company. So, take your thoughts with that for a second. 
<laughs> well, Billy Kay being released is just straight up unfortunate, anyways. Uh, Billy Kay, what 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 were you saying about Billy Kay? You that's how you had left it off. You said that it was so and so that kind of had caused that departure, and I kind of didn't follow what you were saying. So, uh, Kevin Dunn, he has been the longest short events the longest reigning employee that the WWE has ever had, and who makes more money than... Yeah, probably even Brock Lesnar. Holy shit. Yeah. What does Kevin... What does he do? He is the executive producer and chief of Global Television Distribution and is one of the executive producers of Monday Night Raw and has been the executive producer of Monday Night Raw since the inception of Raw. Holy shit. So those two didn't see eye to eye then, I'm assuming. He said uh, he didn't get Kay and had verbalized that he saw a ceiling for her in WWE. How exactly that contributed to her release still remains to be seen. Uh, Kay's release came as a surprise to many people in WWE as she was literally recently used on TV as of WrestleMania. Mm -hmm. Um... For those of you who are wondering when their 90-day compete clause is up, it is July 14th. Hmm. That's sweet. That's a month after my birthday. It'd be a late birthday gift if they go to AEW or something. Well, you also have to think that's 1, 2, 3, 4, 5, 6, 7, 8, 9. That's 10 people that... You know, that's 5. This is 10. Um, <laughs> you know, that's 10, that's 10 people that AEW either has to turn down or sign maybe. I see them signing two of them. Out of those ten, I see them signing Samoa two. Joe. Samoa Joe being one. Mickey James being the other. That could work. I mean, unless Mickey James doesn't want not to sound like an ass, maybe she doesn't want to work anymore. That's true, too. She could. Um... I mean, she tried making some music and stuff, too, so she really could go do anything she wants to do. Yeah, that's true. She really could. Um, yeah, I mean, I don't know. It, it's just weird, because it's like, for someone, it, all he does is do television. He doesn't, he doesn't get it. He's never got it. Jim Cornette hates the motherfucker. When, when it was just, when Jim Cornette was part of the company and he was part of the quote-unquote booking team, it was him, Vince McMahon, Kevin Dunn, and I think like three or four other people. Like, it was a very small knit group. And there was there's a, uh, a story about them fighting each other saying, you know, and he does a great impression of Kevin Dunn. Like, he has, like, Bucky... He does, like, a Bucky Tooth Beaver impression as Kevin Dunn. It's fucking hilarious. Oh, boy. Um, and they were, like, saying... Like, Jim was trying to get over... Uh, you probably don't remember this character, but, um... Oh, fuck, what was his name? He was... Oh, the Patriot. Uh, in 97, during the whole Canada versus U.S. angle between Bret Hart and the WWE... Okay. They brought in a character from Memphis. Uh, I forgot his real name, but they called him the Patriot. The guy looked fucking amazing. 
he had like the the costume he had was fucking cool as shit and i've always tried to recreate his costume in like the wwe games because i always thought that was like a cool look but um they wanted to try to push him practically to the moon and give like give him the wwe championship like two three years down the road but start Hmm. off his superstardom with this rivalry with bret hart and Jim kept on going, what are we going to do about the Patriot? What are we going to do about the Patriot? What are we going to do about the Patriot? And Kevin Dunn just, you know, dismissed him, like, all the time. And then at the last time, he's just like, you know, Jim, you're, you're, you're tiresome. You're, you're tiring me out. You're tiring me out. <laughs> and he's like, well, what the fuck are we going to do with this guy? And he's like... Just because we have a wrestling ring and just because we have wrestlers doesn't mean we produce pro wrestling. What? <laughs> yes, that is exactly what it means. Apparently not the Kevin Dunn. Apparently they, they just make TV. They don't... They don't... Kevin Dunn's logic is is that they don't create... They don't have a professional wrestling television show. They have a television show. That's how he sees it. Mm-hmm. And it's just, what the heck? How do you, how do you say something like that? Especially when you're a part of the biggest wrestling company in the world. Eh, no, he's part of the biggest sports entertainment company in the world. Right. I mean, why doesn't he just go produce other TV shows and let us get back to good wrestling? I do believe that he produces Total Divas. And that's fine. If you look at how that's produced and how it's put together, it's incredible. Right. And okay. I agree with that wholeheartedly. But if he's trying to just put together a TV show, then that's going to eventually... I mean, it has in the past and it will continue in the future... It'll deter, I don't want to say deter, it just makes it not as good for us fans who actually enjoy wrestling. Like, I want to see good matches. I don't want to, st- I, I do enjoy the drama, sure, otherwise I wouldn't tune in. But I want to see great matches. I want to see Ricochet every single night uh, on wrestling TV. But that makes is he? No, because they don't want the actual entertainment, the actual wrestling. They want that TV show like you talk about. Right, and Vince has always looked at the business as trying to make mini-movies. He always wants, like, each story he tries to tell, he wants it to be, like, a miniature movie. I mean, if the storyline's really good, I guess I understand that logic, but to be fair, almost none of the storylines lately have been worthy of that, besides The Fiend and Alexa. Right. I mean, the the whole Roman Reigns thing has kind of been like, like a WWE mafia kind of thing. So I, I guess there's your movie there. But oh well. Well, I mean, my thing is is that, and that was another thing. I th- going back to the Alexa Bliss thing you just pointed out. They, I think they have completely separated um, 
those two completely now. Like there's there's no she she mentioned him. Like how Lily didn't like him and every female on the Raw's women's division, she doesn't like you either. So that brings the reference up to the fiend, but it's just like I think now they're just going to put Alexa Bliss they're just gonna throw her into the women's division. And I, you think they're gonna put put her over as you know like the next, the next badass? No, I'm calling it now. SummerSlam, 2021. It will be Rhea Ripley versus Alexa Bliss for the Raw Women's Championship, and Alexa Bliss will win the Raw Women's Championship from Rhea Ripley, and everybody's gonna get pissed off. Except for me, I'm totally down I'm with that. I'm with that too, but everyone's going to be like, Rhea Ripley is so much better than this. Hmm, I'm going to type on my keyboard because I'm an asshole. It... <laughs> yeah, but dude, I don't think a lot of people appreciate how good Alexa Bliss really is because she hasn't been in in the ring performing in quite some time. Yeah. It's always it's been about this whole show. Um, she's fantastic. Yeah, agreed. Agreed. Definitely one of the definitely one of the best women in the WWE, and uh, and she's just proving that she can do more than just perform physically. So I think it would be great, but I just wonder if uh, you know she messed up the Fiend's match at Mania. What's he going to do to her? Well, the thing is that, that that that's what everybody's trying to figure out. Why are they? Why did they a split Alexa from the Fiend? And B, how are they going to pay this off? How are they gonna How well, are they gonna I, wrap it up? Yeah, that's a great question. You know, but so transitions are hard, but this is the best I can do. Um, <laughs> on TikTok, I went and pissed off a lot of. Seth Rollins fanboys. <laughs> Good God. Um, everybody has their opinion. Everybody can have their opinion. That's fine. I'm not dissing on it, you know. I'm just saying you guys really stood up for your boy. That's fine. I went the other route. <laughs> mm-hmm. I just don't see the hype in Seth Rollins. I think he's overrated. I think he's overinflated. I think he's overproduced. I think that <laughs> laugh of his is fucking queer. <laughs> and I don't mean that in the gay way. I mean that in the original definition of that word is weird. Right. Fuck, I would rather t- I would rather take Pat McAfee talking on SmackDown than ever listening to Seth Rollins laugh again. So what you're telling us right now, just to clarify, that you think that Seth Rollins is the most overrated superstar in the WWE? In history, no, but currently, yes. Okay, and who's the most underappreciated or underrated, in your opinion, right now? Right now, in the in the modern era? Um, oh, I would have never said this before. But after WrestleMania 37, uh, Cesaro. I think he's underrated, but I don't think he's the most underrated in WWE. I think with that performance he showed with Seth Rollins, 
it really changed my mind about him. I thought he was overrated for the longest time because everybody said, oh, Cesaro's great, Cesaro's awesome, Cesaro's this, Cesaro's that. And it was just like that overhype. And then when he, when everybody was just like, they calmed down on him and he got to show what he was about, I, I actually paid attention and I was like, they could do more with him. They could. And having him step up to Roman Reigns was, I think, pretty smart. Oh, um, yeah, no. Obviously, I figured somebody like Cesaro would be stepping up to him. But then to just have Roman walk right by him and then not have Cesaro say anything, like he should have spoke up before he left the top of the stage and then they turned it into he's going to fight against Jay and blah, blah, blah. Yeah. But I don't know, man. I mean, I agree with you that he's underrated. Because, the, yes, they've always they've rated him highly, the announcers, and talk about him, but he's never been pushed to a higher level. So, therefore, I would say that he's underappreciated and underutilized, under, uh, under every, I mean, just the dude is very good at what he does. He just needs work on the mic or needs someone with him, yeah, if you will, um, a mouthpiece, so to speak, but... I, I'm going to say Ricochet as far as underrated, <laughs> underutilized. The, the guy could definitely be um, hands down, just like just like Finn Balor, okay? Finn Balor was underutilized. Then they send him down to NXT, and he does very well down there. Yeah, because Triple H is in charge. Right. Triple H should be in charge of the whole damn thing anyways, but... That's besides the point. My point is... Finn was always amazing, and he's a smaller guy. He was not utilized properly, and he goes down to NXT, and he's the man. Great. Um, you know, except for, what's his name, uh, Karrion Cross or whatever. Dude, that dude but is amazing. I love him. He's, an, he's definitely an animal. Um, and from what I understand, he's probably going to be that way for quite some time. I'm fine with that. But um, the reason I say Ricochet is just because Ever since that I started seeing him perform, it's incredible work. And a lot of people don't enjoy the high flyers. It it just gets to be too much for them or whatever. But that's what I do like about him. He'll do almost everything. He's in great physical shape. Um, and I, I really think that he should be utilized more. And I think that he's just, you know, underappreciated and underrated. Okay, I wouldn't say Ricochet is overrated. But I don't think he's underrated either. I think he is, in my opinion, when you say high flyers, you mean like Rey Mysterio, Kofi Kingston, um, Seth Rollins can be in that category. Uh, practically anybody who lives on 205 Live or the Cruiserweights in NXT. Sure. All the guys doing the flips, the jumps, the big splashes. Right. Here's the problem, though, with Ricochet. He does it to do it. He does it because he can, not because the story in the match dictates it. Ray is a high flyer, but he knows how to create a story with his high flying ability. Same thing with Eddie Guerrero. Same thing with Sean Waltman. Same thing with. Um, Ultimo Dragon, Juventud Guerrera, practically any cruiserweight from the WCW era or ECW era, 
that were able to migrate to WWE could tell a story still being a high flyer. Now being a high flyer means that, oh, I could do a 720 corkscrew moonsault and still land on my feet. What? You, you do a move to do a move, not to tell a story with that move. Him and Will Ospreay are the, the same person, and I... Uh, congrats to Will Ospreay for being the NW the New Japan Pro Wrestling Champion. Congrats to all the all in the world for him. But just they do flippy shit to do flippy shit. <laughs> and that that's my opinion. I, I don't think he's underrated, but I also don't think he's overrated. He's in that middle ground where it's like he is where he needs to be at the moment, unfortunately. Right. Well, hopefully he gets a push at some point, just on my opinion of things, but we'll see. Um, and who do you think is overrated? Asuka. Wow. I knew that would be the reaction I'd get out of you. I can see the mm-hmm. comments now. He doesn't know what he's talking about. He doesn't have good taste. He doesn't know what Japanese wrestling is. Da 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 da. <laughs> You're damn right. I might not know what Japanese. I might not know what Japanese wrestling is. Uh, people might go off and say, "What is he talking about, oh, dude? She's boring, boring. She cannot speak English. She speaks okay? better English than Sasuke." Yeah, well, I was just gonna bring him up too. Uh, I'm not big on Nakamura either. So really, um, yes, this is the United States of America. Oh, here we go. This is. This is where you're filming WWE, okay? I want to understand the words coming out of your mouth. And I don't want you just to carry around the title and dance around like this. So I was thrilled when she lost the title. Because I don't think she's as good as what they make her out to be. Like when she was undefeated in NXT and, I mean, good for her. All that bullshit. But I don't think she deserved to be that. There was, there's other talent that I find to be better than her. Um, most of the women's roster. And Damn. that's my... You you asked who I thought okay, was overrated. So, uh, and I believe her to be overrated. Let's elaborate on that more. You think every woman on the roster is better than... I did not say... I didn't say everyone. I said almost everyone. Okay, so about 90%. Sure. Who is not 90%. okay? Now this is the question I want to ask. Who is not better than Asuka? <laughs> Man, if I have if I ever meet these people, they're going to be upset with me. Will they though? No, Dana Brooke is not better than. Asuka. Okay, we can agree on that. Holy shit! <laughs> <laughs> that's that's one of the ones that I would put, um, I guess, underneath Asuka. You know, I, I guess I shouldn't put Asuka down. I just uh, I just think that she's overrated. Um, that that just me though, man. Okay, so but if you if you start if you start naming a piles of women, I'm gonna probably put most of them ahead of her, just in my book. Nikki Bella, <laughs> dude, come on now. Of course, Nikki Bella is better than her. Oh boy, um, holy shit! You just don't you just don't like the Bellas. That's, that's fair too, but still, Jesus Christ, uh, Tori Wilson. 
Tori was great. But if you put her in the ring right now with Asuka, Asuka would kill her. <laughs> put them in their prime, yes, Asuka would still win. Santina Morella. Oh, I love Santina. Santina was great. Oh, sweet baby Jesus. Okay. I give Santina a 10 out of a 10 every day. Caitlin. No. You're good at pull, you're pulling these out of the bucket, man. No, I'm just pulling. I'm not. just thinking of fucking names. Um, Mandy Rose. You know, see, I like Mandy. Um, I just don't know what she's got. I don't know if we've seen enough of her showcased yet. That's fair. Um, as far as per- performance, um, that's fair. That really is fair. I, I like Mandy because she was on Tough Enough and all that, so yeah. and it's hard for me to – I'm not going to go say, you know what, no, Mandy is definitely worse than Asuka or whatever because um, I truly do think Mandy's got incredible talent. So and that, that'll that probably show at some point, hopefully, if it's booked right. Sonya Deville. Love Sonya Deville, man. I think Sonya Deville's up there um, with the W. And now she's just doing what is this management – Roll with what's his nuts, you know? She's like acting like she's hot shit, calling matches and stuff, well, but you re- are making matches. You remember uh, before SummerSlam, she had a uh, stalker, right? Oh, yeah. So, big time. They took her off of TV with the. Because first it was going to be loser gets their haircut match. Mm hmm. Then it was. Let's up the stakes. Loser leaves WWE. Okay, so why'd they do that? Oh, because her lawyer fucking told her, don't get your hair cut before your court appointment three days later. (laughs) You'll look fucking stupid. It's probably a good decision. I'm like, okay. Um, Let's see who else I could pull out from the... Like ruthless aggression era. I man, Sonya Deville, what a great, what a great person to bring up though. Because I mean, first, first you bring up Mandy Rose, then you bring up Sonya Deville, and they make great donuts together as good friends. I tell you what, you never heard of Demandy's donuts? I feel like this is a sexual reference because she's gay, but okay. <laughs> no, no, man, it ain't, it ain't like that at all. Yeah, Demandy's, Demandy's donuts. What, they have a business in Florida? I don't know if it's in Florida, but they have a business together, well, yeah. That's where they fucking live, so I'm assuming it's in Florida. You know where they live, and that's great. I didn't know that that's where they live, so... But, yeah. Yeah. Well, most of the NXT roster lives in Florida. Like, they, they all... Like, Triple H like tries to send them down into, like, this... Uh, like, townhouse apartments. Like, this huge complex full of apartments. And... Uh, they try to get them like down near Orlando or close to, so that's like a hop, skip, and a jump for them to just to get to work. Right. But uh, yeah, no, okay. Uh, I'm trying to think of ruthless aggression women. Um, do you remember Nydia? Mm-mm. Okay, so that's a no. Maybe if I see, maybe if I seen her, but right, Sable. <laughs> one of your favorites. Huh? One of your favorites. Yeah. Um You're you're asking me if she's more over or underrated than Asuka or just better or worse than Asuka? What the fuck? Better. If she's better or worse. 
I'd rather watch her on TV than Asuka, so I'll go with Butter. That's fair. Um, a couple more. Just off the top of my head here. Uh, oh, Kelly Kelly. Kelly Kelly was great, but she's not a very good wrestler. I had a crush on Kelly Kelly when I was young. Who the fuck didn't? 2006 ECW Esco Expose. Fuck yeah. <laughs> yeah, but no, as far as performance, I'm sorry. I'm just not there. 14 years old, full of testosterone, watching a girl strip on TV. Who wouldn't fucking want that? Um, exactly why my mother didn't let me watch it. Oh, mine was from the Attitude Era. My mom wouldn't want me to watch that because it was too violent. Um, <laughs> <laughs> too violent. Good lord, but yeah, I still know all the history on the fucking Attitude Era. Go fucking figure. Um... And last one, just off the top of my head here. Oh. Shit, I had it. Oh, Naomi. I like Naomi a lot. Okay. I think that she's a great performer. I think she's a great entertainer. You know, she brings a lot, a lot to the table, so. I pick Naomi over Asuka any day. Okay, so who in the business overall, like from beginning to now, uh, who do you think is the most overrated in history? The most overrated in history, dear God. I'm. I already know what mine is. The most overrated of all time, Brock Lesnar. Wow, that is not the answer I would have gone with because that's actually my underrated. <laughs> oh, man. We are just two opposite peas in this very weird pod. <laughs> Get it? Podcast? No. Um, <laughs> I'm sorry. I'm tired. My That fucking thrive really kicked my ass. Um, No, most overrated WWE superstar of all time, Hulk Hogan. Easily, hands down, most overrated motherfucker in the entire business. He had the character, man. That was it. He had a character. Any, any, the fucking anybody could have been given that character for sure. If you think about it, like anybody could have played that guy. You know what I mean? And it just so happens that he got to be Hulk Hogan. Right. So I feel I feel what you're saying. I can get on board with that. It was just like, you, you see the character, you see the hand gesture, the big boot, the power slam, and the fucking leg drop. It's all, all he did. Mm-hmm. You know, hulking up, doing the fucking punches. <laughs> he was bad. Like, super bad. When you look back at it now... Like, if you watch WrestleMania 3 between him and Andre the Giant, and then go watch WrestleMania 18 between him and Rock, two completely fucking different matches. With Rock, he actually tried. With Andre, right. he didn't have to. Right. I was like, what the fuck? <laughs> but, so, and you're picking Brock Lesnar as your underrated guy? Are you fucking kidding me? The guy's fucking amazing! Wow, you better get off your knees, man. 
No, that's Sable's job. Um. <laughs> oh, now, see, that's why, because you got the heart on for Sable. That's why. Look, the motherfucker married her. He was 25 at the time, and she's 37 at the time when they first started hooking Cougar. up. And when Mark <laughs> Merrill found out who she was cheating on him with, he's just like, eh, your problem now. Thank you. You're <laughs> have a good day. Yeah, have, have, have a great life. I ain't dealing with your shit, that's for sure. <laughs> that's funny. Um, but no, and they, they, they've been together ever since, since like 2004. Mm-hmm. I'm like, holy shit. And he has two kids with her. He has a kid from a previous relationship. Making them all over the place. And I'm like, the motherfucker can work. That's the problem. Look at his match with RVD at King of the Ring 2002. Look at his match with The Rock in 2002. Look at his match with Big Show at Survivor Series 2002. Look at his matches with The Undertaker in 2002. 2003, Mm -hmm. Kurt Angle. Kurt Angle, Big Show. Big Show and him in SmackDown collapsing the fucking ring in 2003. What else? Uh, the I mean, the match with Goldberg at WrestleMania 20 sucked ass for a completely separate reason. But that was because they were both leaving. The fans shit on it. Austin was the main event star of that match. And he was the referee. But Eddie Guerrero, Chris Benoit, fucking... You put him in the ring with a bunch of good athletes, he fucking shined... Fuck, him versus John Cena in 2003 was a good match. And then when he comes back, him and John Cena, him and Triple H, him and Big Show again, him and Taker, uh, Rollins, Reigns, Dean Ambrose, uh, McIntyre, Goldberg again, but it was a better match. Because they did it right this time. (laughs) Like you can you can just go down the list of all the matches he had him and CM Punk in uh, 2015 2014 I'm sorry but it was just awesome like his wrestling ability is just so so overlooked and people just shit on him for being, you know, he doesn't want to be a full-timer, doesn't want to be, doesn't want to do the 350-day fucking work strain on his fucking heart. Good for him! He found a way to fucking do it! At 25 years of age, at 25 years of age, he was able to afford his own private jet. Yeah, I mean, that's great. I wish I could do that. He didn't want to be around people. There's a lot of people that are like that. He unfortunately ended up in a business where you have to be around people. But the man can produce in the fucking ring. If you're going to bitch and complain that he's getting three to four million dollars a year just on base salary, fuck yeah. Like, really? The guy found a way to wrestle. I could care less how much money he makes, but when you're the champion of the company and of the TV shows that I want to watch, 
and you only show up four times a year, five times a year, it's just annoying. It's not fun. But when You're he not showed up, you have to admit, though, when he showed up, it made the championship feel that much more. Because you knew whoever was going to get it off of him, they were going to be a big fucking deal. Yeah, but the problem for me is I want the title defended all the time. I want the title there. I want fighting champions. I don't want some wussy fucking private jet little piece of shit who can't even talk and use the mic himself as the champion. You, He had to have Paul Heyman. He had to only be around five times a year. Mm-hmm. I'd say it if he was right here in front of me, too. We've already had this conversation. Oh, no, no, it's not that. I'm just... I, I, I'm looking for my phone to call 911 because you're going to be fucking dead. <laughs> I won't know to either call the ambulance or a coroner. I don't know which one first. Like I said the last time, I'd say no, it no, to his face. No, no, I get face. it. You'd say it to his and face. I, and I'd tap him on his head because he's a little shorty, too. He's 6'4". Comparative. Eh, they, they bill him at 6'4". You look at him, stand next to guys who are build out at, you know, really are 6'4", six, 6'5". Six, I bet you if I stood next to him, I'd look down at him. I don't think so. I think he'd be nose to nose. But it, my opinion is, I think the, the world championships, both of them, if not at least the one, should be defended on an every other or every three month schedule. And I only say that because look at, look at UFC. Look at the way they do their championship matches. They make them feel mm-hmm. like fucking, you know, they're a big fucking deal. And when he came, every time it was like, okay, someone's going to get a fucking push. We we didn't know who. We all, we all thought it was going to be Roman Reigns, which it did turn out to be. But then he got leukemia, and then that went right back to Lesnar. So they had to switch gears and go to Rollins. And then that made... Well, let's just, let's just hope they never bring Brock back to do this again, because it's not even entertaining at that point. Again, to each his own. And I, under, I can understand why you say overrated, and because of that, I can understand that. It, it just difference... Of, like, you watch UFC, right? Mm-hmm. So when those big title matches happen, you feel like something big is going to happen, right? Oh, well, yeah. I mean, that's what you expect out of UFC. You expect to wait for those title matches. I don't expect in WWE to wait months and months for a guy to show up so there could be a title match. That's all. Okay. To me, it's a different world. It's two different worlds. Right. And I get that. I mean, I think they were trying to be like UFC because they wanted to have like people like whenever Lesnar would show up, you know, it would bring eyeballs to the product, which it did in a way. Mm-hmm. But those were our picks for who we thought were overrated, underrated. Um, tell us in the comments of Apple Podcast, uh, Spotify, YouTube when this goes up. Uh, just tell us when this. Uh, who you guys think were who's overrated in your opinion, who's underrated in your opinion, and you know, we might talk about it on the show next week if there's a lot of comments. But with that, we're gonna go straight to our review. And the last review of WrestleMania's, thank God, um, for 
this year, WrestleMania 21, the what I call the best ruthless aggression era pay-per-view, period. Even though you're not gonna, there were two you're matches. You're not gonna get me to disagree. Even though there were two matches on here that were like complete shit, it's still one of the better, one of the best at it or ruthless aggression era pay-per-views let alone Wrestlemania's there are I agree uh just real quick what did what were your thoughts on the uh, movie trailers that they did at, at the beginning if you watched them um geez Louise um which movies were they trailering and I'll tell you if I remember watching uh, them or not Harry Met Sally uh the one with Tom Hanks that he acts like a retard um, Wilson. No, I didn't. Or not, not Wilson. Fucking, uh, life is like a box of chocolates. Oh, Forrest Gump. Thank you, Forrest Gump. Um, they redid that one with Eugene, which was freaking hysterical. Um. Oh, yeah, yeah, you can't handle the truth and all that shit. Yeah, yeah, Cena and JBL redoing, uh, the Tom Cruise movie. I can't remember what that one was. No, I hear you. Um, well, back back the first time I ever watched this pay-per-view, I thought it was hilarious. This time I was just like, oh, yeah, let me go grab my beer. Hold on a minute. <laughs> um, I rewatched them. I, I rewatched the Austin one, too. Uh, I thought Austin did a great job playing Gladiator or Troy. That was amazing. But, uh, and then we start the show off. We have the Raw commentators, J.R. King, the Spanish announced team, whoever the fuck they were, because I'm not going to try to repeat those fucking names and get them wrong. (laughs) And then we go straight to Michael Cole and Taz, and we start off the night with Rey Mysterio versus Eddie Guerrero, WWE Tag Team Champions, facing each other for the first time in a WrestleMania to open up the show. What were your thoughts on this match, Matt? Well, I mean, performance-wise, it was off the charts. They did a great job. Mm-hmm. But it just confusing to me, um, coming down, like, they're they're entering the ring, and I'm like, what the fuck? You're starting WrestleMania off with the tag team champions fighting each other. Well, if you look now, at the rest of the card, that actually makes sense. I'd put that as the opener. Yeah, no, so, I mean, in hindsight, when you've got all these great matches that were in this WrestleMania, okay, fine, but during the match, they give you commentary on why and how Chavo was involved and how it came to be this way, um, so uh, whatever, it started to make sense to me, And but they performed great, I thought it was great, and I honestly thought that Eddie was going to pull that off, but rolled him up and right. that's it. So, a little backstory on this match. Um, no Way Out in February. Uh, Rey Mysterio needed a tag team partner to face the Basham Brothers for the tag team championship rematch he had because RVD got injured and he had to miss so much due to a knee surgery he had to get. Um, Ray chose Eddie Guerrero. Michael Cole on commentary, quote-unquote, called them the Dream Team, which, in all honesty, yeah, they are, like, the Dream Team. Those two 
tag team champions. That's pretty freaking neat. Mm-hmm. But, um, and then Chavo, yeah, was stirring the pot, being like, hey, Eddie, you defended the championship at WrestleMania, the WWE championship at WrestleMania last year, and now you're a tag team champion? Like, what's wrong, Holmes? You know, what? Do you, what's going on? Like, and Eddie's just like, no, I'm, you know, I'm, we're cool. Me and Ray are cool. We're, we're the tag team champions. You know, we're, we're living life. We're doing cool things right now. And, you know, him and him, Chavo and Ray just stirring the pot. And it ended up being, a, you know, the opening match. And it was a fantastic match. But here, here is the greatest example of WrestleMania starting a story. There was no blow-off. This was the start of a rivalry that lasted all the way till September. April, May, June, July, August. That's six months. Six months of a rivalry started here at this WrestleMania. And if you all want to keep on bitching about The Fiend and Alexa Bliss not having a blow-off... Well, fuck you, because they were starting their chapter when it was Orton Fiend ending theirs. Right. So if you want a good example of WrestleMania starting a rivalry, that match right there. Sure thing. So what what was like your favorite uh, spots of the match? I, the back and forth. I mean, that's a constant match. Does that make sense to say mm-hmm. that consi- consistently it, it wasn't boring? I hate when there's a match that sometimes I'm just like, well, okay, fine. But one thing I had to notice, I mean, I enjoyed the entertainment back, the back and forth the whole time. Did you happen to notice that Ray's mask must not have been fitted properly for him? It wasn't that it was fitted he, properly. He kept on... So it was a new mask, and he said this in one of his documentary DVDs. He hated this match because of this. It was a snap button underneath his mask, not Velcro like it usually was. And the button okay. just kept on popping. He kept on like gotcha. doing it, popping, doing it, popping, doing it, popping. And it was yep, just yep. like he—he he was pissed because he was more focused on you know keeping the mask together than the fucking match. Um, I'd say, I mean, besides me noticing that, I thought it was pretty cool how Eddie t- kept trying to do the three amigos, mm-hmm. but it would it would get stopped. Eventually, he got it done. Um, then he got to go for his big his big splash and all that. Ray got in a good six one nine. Um, shortly thereafter. So that was like my favorite point when he when they finally got going on their bigger sets, and then obviously the match ended. Yeah, and like you said, the back and forth, like you you can hear the crowd. This was a crowd that was oh yeah completely into this match. This was a crowd that did not want to hijack this match or any match on this card. They were just, you know, they were they were in it to watch wrestling not to make themselves over sure and yeah i mean the corkscrew plancha off the top that was pretty sweet from Rey mysterio the the back and forth where they had the stalemate 
where they kept on doing a stalemate like for the first 10 minutes of the match. Eddie would go out. Ray would do the fake 619. They'd stand in the ring. They'd both look at each other like, okay, we're in this. Then they start doing the back and forth where they both have the hands in their in the bridge and they both get their shoulders up at the same time. And it's just like, what the fuck am I watching? <laughs> So we go to and th- this this match right here is an, a complete good example of what I said earlier about high flyers being able to tell stories while still being high flyers. Like Definitely. if Ricochet was in a match like this, it would be like Eddie would be trying to slow him the fuck down and be like, "Why are you doing stuff like this? You need to chill." <laughs> chill, man. So we go to a great lucha match to a uh, fucking car wreck of a match. <laughs> the first ever Money in the Bank ladder match where this was a Chris Jericho idea and Edge wanted nothing to do with this. He wanted, he was like, okay, leave me out of this. And then once he started, you know, getting the idea of what the ladder match was, he's like, okay, I'm in this. Put me in it. Edge, Chris Benoit, Chris Jericho, the Intercontinental Champion at the time, Shelton Benjamin, Christian, Kane. How weird is it to see that lineup of superstars and two of them are in the Hall of Fame, one mm-hmm. is no longer with us, right? and two of them are in AEW. <laughs> it is awesome. I'll be, I'll be honest with you. And Shelton's like off in nowhere's land after her business broke up. And you know, um, as since we've been doing this for quite some time, that Money in the Bank is my favorite. It's my favorite pay-per-view, and it was my favorite match when they had it at Mania. So I was, as soon as this match started, I was in my glory, you know? <laughs> Ladder matches are my favorite in general anyways. I love that you have to go up and get the prize. Mm-hmm. So But I'm a, I'm simple minded too. So hit somebody with something, hurt somebody, yeah. grab the ch- championship, well in this case, a briefcase. So too much to talk about really, like to just shoot off the highlights. But my favorite thing about the entrances is when Kane came out, all the ladders shot up in flames. I was like, the ladders, oh, man. that you know, they always did cool things with Kane in the background. Yeah, that was sweet. We noticed that too. The wife and I were watching it last night, and uh, as soon as that happened, I'm like, oh, dude, check out the ladders. <laughs> so you had uh, Jericho do a move on the outside, then you had Christian do a move on the outside, then you have Shelton do a freaking flip over the top rope, and then you had Kane do a, a huge clothesline off the top onto everyone. Mm-hmm. And it was just like, what the hell? What? How, how are they just going to keep on topping themselves? And then Edge and Shelton into the ladders. Shelton giving a stinger splash on the edge on top of a ladder. Mm-hmm. That just, was sweet. Just insane. Then they get the three ladders up, and it's like, okay, now what's going to fucking happen? This is the same match that uh, Kane chokeslammed Shelton. He got caught in the rope, right? Top top rope? Yeah. That was, yeah. That was so... Obviously, 
obviously an accident, but could have been really, really bad, honestly. I'm glad he caught himself like that. It could have been really bad, honestly. You know, a choke slam, first of all, is, is always going to be painful, oh, but yeah. he was going to choke slam him out of the ring onto the floor, and who knows, I don't recall if there's anything just sitting around there, ladders, tables, chairs, stairs, whatever. Right. But he gets caught, and his his ankle is stuck between the – it goes underneath and gets wrapped up underneath the second and top rope, and he's just dangling there. <laughs> Which is funny. And I, I hate to say that in a match like this, but it was just funny. You never know what's going to happen in matches like these, so right. that's one of those things. Um. Yeah, what else? And then, then you had Jericho put the ladder on an angle, or Christian, no, Christian put the ladder on the angle up against another ladder, and then you see a spot that is just used and used and used and used over and over again on video games, on highlight reels, on WWE compilation videos that you see on YouTube. Shelton Benjamin runs to the corner, braces himself, and then runs up the ladder and clotheslines Chris Jericho off the top of the ladder. Mm-hmm. The athleticism, the balance, the how do you not put your foot through the fucking whole rungs of the ladder when you're doing that? Son of a bitch. Yeah, that was killer, man. Shelton was always a blast, I'm telling you. Oh, yeah. And that's why I'm, like, pissed that they don't do more with him. He's, he was the gold standard, and they definitely should do more well, with him. I want to see them do something. <laughs> oh, it's annoying. Tomko trying to help Christian out get the briefcase. That oh, dude, my God, Tomko. Who, yeah, like, I forgot about him. Mm-hmm. Like, shit. Well, as soon as I seen him, I'm like, oh, what's his name? What's his name? And I'm trying to think, and then finally they said it. <laughs> but no, I mean, you, don't, you can't remember him for anything great. Yeah, exactly. Uh, what else? There was a couple more spots. Uh, I liked when uh, Benoit was headbutting. Um, oh, Kane. Kane. That was cool. Busting Obviously, him that's open near twice. the end of the match. But yep. <sighs> Busted him open twice, and when he did the headbutt off the fucking le- which uh, we all we all know about CTE. That was the dumbest fucking thing to watch. Let's do mm-hmm. a diving headbutt off the top of a fucking 12-foot ladder. Yep. Fantastic. Then... It's okay. If you miss the other human skull, there's just ladders and a, you know, mat for you to run yeah, into. Yeah, exactly. But, um... Jesus Christ. That's one way to fucking put it, Matt. Jesus Christ. <laughs> um... Then you have Benoit going back up the ladder with one good arm, and... Edge hits him in the bad arm with a steel chair, climbs up the ladder, grabs a briefcase, and thus started the journey of the Rated R Superstar. Glorious. No, that's Bobby Roode. Um, (laughs) (laughs) Robert Whatever, fuck him. He changes his name more than I change my underwear. Um... The next match is the f- <laughs> is the first interpromotional uh, match of the night. Randy Orton, when he was in his Ledger Killer gimmick, 
versus the dead man, the undertaker, and the This is like really the first time you see the hybrid dead man American badass type that he tried pulling off and successfully did once he got to around like two thousand six. Uh, yeah, this match for me, I think this match was booked too many years in advance. Does this make sense to you? I yeah. think that Randy could have been the one to break the streak. Well, I think the le- they wanted the legend to. killer. Well, right, and I think that unfortunately, this shouldn't have been booked when it was. This should have been booked six or eight years later, and he should have been the one to break the streak and not Brock. So. Well, here's but, the thing: they wanted to have what it was. they wanted to have Taker lose to Orton here, but Orton refused out of respect to Undertaker. Come on, he didn't. He didn't. He didn't feel like it was right. Is this documented somewhere? Yeah, uh, actually, in the um, Untold series, where they do Taker versus Randy's rivalry. He was booked to win against Taker, but Orton declined. Damn. And I think Taker also said it himself in his last ride documentary. See, I don't remember. I watched the last ride documentary, but I don't remember hearing that. Um, I think Orton might have said something on the Broken Skulls podcast with uh, Austin. I'll have to check it out at some point. But no, this match really, to me, when I first saw it, showed showed me how good of a wrestler Randy Orton is. And then when I saw it just last night, um, this really showed me that he knew everything there was about wrestling. He has the mind for this business. He countered almost everything The Undertaker had with something else. He knew what he was fucking doing. And at that young of an age, that's even better. For sure. I mean, when he when Taker gave him the snake eyes and just automatically just spun and elbowed him in the fucking mouth. <laughs> um going for the choke slam, hitting the RKO out of a choke slam. Like that was a that was a sweet counter for an RKO. Yeah. Um Getting his daddy involved with the cast. Now, do, when you saw that, do, do you know what the whole idea of the cast is? I heard the commentator say something about it, but I didn't catch on to the background of that. So, the, the background is, is like, he had broke his arm during a match way back in the day. And, um, he after that match, he would always have a cast on him. You know, that damn arm would never fucking heal. (laughs) And he would always use it as a weapon during matches and just be like, and just nail people with it. And then they brought it back for this and it was a false finish and everybody popped and it was like, oh shit. Okay, cool. So, was he actually hurt, or he just put that on to attack him? He was hurt originally, and then they made it a gimmick. Gotcha. And then, Taker reverses a tombstone tombstone piledriver attempt by Orton, 
into one of his own. Hits it. 1-2-3. 13-0 to go on the 22-2. Just an amazing streak for The Undertaker. Oh, yeah. And then the piss break match. <laughs> Trish Stratus, the women's champion, versus the newly crowned Raw's Diva Search winner, Christy Hemi. Mm-hmm. Anything to add to that, Matt? <laughs> I went and took a piss. <laughs> it was really good, too. It's a good one. Women's wrestling has come so far. <laughs> Dude, it's not to put them down back then, but I 100% agree with you. I actually enjoy watching the women's division now. I don't want to turn off the TV. I don't want to take a break. I enjoy watching it now. Right. Um, originally, this was supposed to be Trish versus Lita. But with Lita having her uh, knee problems at New Year's Revolution, um, she had to go get surgery on it. And so they just put in Christy Hemi because she was the Raw Diva Search winner. Which, by the way, we if we ever get a chance to go back and review that whole entire first year of the Raw Diva Search... <laughs> There's going to be some entertaining fucking nuggets in there. <laughs> <laughs> well, the, the what was it? Like the last week or so? No. Like they had like six left. They just let them have a live mic. Oh, boy. Yeah. So you know how bad women can get at each other? <laughs> no. Yeah, they actually went that far. They didn't script them. They didn't script them at all. They're just like, here's a life mic. You get 30 seconds. Oh, no. That's awesome. Oh, oh, yay. <laughs> shit, shit got bleeped. Like, that segment on Peacock now would just be like, this segment was cut due to time for vulgarity. Um, <laughs> wow. Holy God, that was horrible. That's funny. And then what I call the match of the night, Shawn Michaels versus Kurt Angle in another interpromotional match. Of course you call it the match of the night. This is the match of the night. How do you know? Oh, I know why you, what you're going to call match of the fucking night, which was a fucking dog piss of a match. Well, you don't even know what one I'm going to call the match of the night. Really? I don't, huh? I'm I'm not picking John Cena's match. Okay, so I'm going to go with the second match then. That, that, that one was going to be my first pick, but I'm going to go with the second pick. Don't get me wrong. I'm happy that John Cena beat JBL. but No, I'm, I understand why you're saying this was the match of the night. I, I thoroughly enjoyed the match between uh, Shawn Michaels and Kurt Angle, but um, I feel like the wrong guy won. You think and... Michaels should have won? I do, believe it or not. I mean, I always like Shawn Michaels. Right. He's a heartbreak kid. He's Mr. WrestleMania. Mm-hmm. But I, I understand why they did what they did because, you know, like like Kurt said in the promo, he's winning Olympic gold medals 
and you, all he hears about is Shawn Michaels being the best wrestler in the world. And to him, that was just completely BS. Like mm-hmm. He said, no, 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 I'm the best wrestler in the world. And when Kurt Angle was on his game, Kurt Angle was one of the best wrestlers oh in the God. world. 2005, he went on a fucking tear. Good Lord. I mean, nobody, nobody could beat that man, and he's just certifiably crazy with a broken freaking neck. <laughs> oh, agree. Agreed. Wholeheartedly. Yeah, great match. Great match. I do wish that Sean would have kicked his head off, though. Oh, he did. He kicked his head off. Yeah. He, When he brought him back up and said, why won't you stay down? He just pushes him away and then, bam, sweet chin music. <laughs> I'm just like, what the fuck just happened? <laughs> he was literally screaming at him three seconds later. They're both back on the fucking mat. <laughs> mm-hmm. uh, Michael's doing a fucking uh, crossbody dive off the middle rope onto the announce tables. Fucks up him and Angle to the point where they almost miss, miss the fucking count out. Sleepers. <laughs> I'm just like, what the fuck? Michael's. Or no, Angle severely has a broken rib. He's bleeding out his mouth. My God. These guys, these two are two of the biggest um, showmen in the WWE. Like, mm-hmm. they, they fucking get it. These guys put on a wrestling clinic. And oh, yeah. for the first half of the match to have Shawn Michaels be the mat wrestler against Kurt Angle and actually holding his own against Kurt Angle? Like, right. fuck. The fans got their money's worth out of that match mm-hmm. right there. Without a doubt. Without a doubt. That alone was the price of admission. I don't care what seat you fucking had. That that, <laughs> that one right alone was the price of admission. There you go. I mean, like you said, I agree. Wrong man won. Should have been Michaels. But, you know, they they also had a rivalry... That went from that started here at WrestleMania, picked back up in June, and then uh, went all the way to September. Mm-hmm. Something like Something that. Something like that. Or before August, August September ish. I will say it's the first match I'm going to give over nine stars. I'm going to give it nine and a half. Oh yeah, without well, this ten star match for me. Like, I can't give it. I can't give it a perfect. I can't this is a, a this is a hands down perfect match, hands down perfect match. They they both told their stories. They both told it very good, very fluent, very very well done. This this match and the match between Michaels and Undertaker at WrestleMania 25. If you want to learn what pro wrestling is, those two matches right there. Watch them. Sure thing. And then, oh, for the love of Pete. I can't believe this match was even a thing. Big Show. <laughs> versus Aki yeah. Bono. Yeah, fast forward. Click, 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 click. In a he got sumo match. No. That was disturbing. I was trying to eat dinner. A, he's in a gi. Two. 
The fact they actually had traditional sumo rules and a traditional sumo ref. Mm-hmm. A yo-yo, they call them. The fact you even know that much. Um, I don't know why they did this. I don't care why they did this. This match fucking was quicker than me in the bedroom. Like, fuck. You shouldn't put yourself down like that, buddy. No, that's giving me fucking time. Like, that's that's what that's doing. <laughs> um, yeah, that match was no good. Yeah, that sucked ass. Like, that... That was a horrible fucking match. It wasn't even a match. It was... It, all it was was Big Show pushing a dude and then getting a fucking sidestep toss over the fucking ring and then falling on his ass. Yep. Which, hysterical. And now the two world championship matches. John Cena, the future holder of the Golden Shovel, versus JBL, the future... I don't know. Multi-million tycoon, Hall of Famer. Fuck, guy does so much. This, for whatever reason, they told the story of John Bradshaw Layfield, literally whooping John Cena's ass for a good fifteen minutes. And then Cena just does the five moves of doom, you can't see me, boom, F you, championship. That's exactly how they did it, too. They made JBL look like he was going to dominate, keep his title, <laughs> and show the, young, show the young guy, you're not coming and taking my title. And then the announcers, oh my god, what's that? Where'd this come from? What? How's this happening? How's Cena doing this? And that's that's how that started to become known, like, John Cena would never give up, so... He would get his shit kicked in. Exactly. He'd get his shit kicked in. Yeah, he's way more iconic than that. I understand the Hulk Hogan will always have that big pop and all that. Like John Cena's so much more. Like than, he said himself, Oh, I just moved my hand from my ear and put it in front of my face, brother. <laughs> no, um, I thought it was really cool that John won the title. At, at this uh, WrestleMania. And for me, that was my most favorite time, basically, of being a John Cena fan, just because that was, I mean, I loved Thugonomics. I loved that he was, the, you know, the chain gang leader and all that. I just thought it was great. And obviously modifying the titles to spinner belts, I always, I always thought that was amazing. I hate his version, but I love Edge's version. You like the rated R? I love the rated R spinner. That is so cool. Yeah, for sure. But um, my thing is with this match, I don't like how they portrayed either character because JBL was not this dominant fucking champion the entire time he was champion. This was literally the most dominant the champion has been in his entire run. And he gets shit on by a guy who does five moves. Well, JBL was put into a bunch of difficult matches prior to all this. 
Um, I was listening to the, the announcers. Like he defended his title in a bunch of different matches, but he wasn't dominant in them. Like you're saying, like he didn't just run right over everybody. He made it. He made it by. So let's go over all the matches JBL went through. A Texas Bowl rope match to win the championship. A steel cage match to defend the championship. Okay, I can see where this is going. A last ride match to defend the championship. Um, what else? What, what? I believe there was a, trip, a triple threat match. That was at Royal Rumble. A barbed wire steel cage match. Uh... A fatal four-way match. Mm-hmm. Jesus Christ. Yeah, he did get put in some shit. I think the only other one-on-one match he had was against The Undertaker at SummerSlam. Mm, I think so. Holy fuck. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so, like I say, they put him in quite difficult matches, but he didn't dominate any of them no. to be to be clear and then for like you say to have him come in and dominate this match mostly and then lose to Cena's you know five moves to doom as you call it um not just me there's it, a bunch it, of them no right I'm just saying that I never heard it called that till I talked to you about it but um <laughs> you know like I said the announcers were surprised by it they didn't know this was you know, they didn't know this was going down like this, and uh, all of a sudden, John Cena's champ. So, yeah. and this will this would mark the end of the undisputed era title design. Um, I kind of hated that they did it that way because once Cena lost it, they should have just brought that back, like that version of the title back. But it is what it is. They kept it the way it was. Mm-hmm. Um. Yeah, other than that, you know, Cena won, which that should have happened. I just wish they would have done the match differently. Their I Quit match at Judgment Day was com- was far superior than this fucking match. Hands down. Uh, I'll have to check that out. Oh, dude, that is a bloody fucking mess. And then Triple H versus Batista to end out the show. The Royal Rumble winner versus the world champion. The dissolution of Evolution at WrestleMania. Hell yeah. I mean, all this did was flip-flop. Batista dominated most of the match, bloodied up a Triple H, and fucking killed him. Yep. I mean, not really a whole lot to say there. He just... Triple H had the match for a little bit, and then Batista just turned it around and got him bloodied and just fucking killed Triple H. Yeah, it was basically like trading spots. They would one each other up, you know? Mm-hmm. They'd show each other, hey, look, I'm strong. Hey, look, so am I. And then, like you say, he's about to get he's about to get uh, pedigreed on the stairs. So, yeah. Yeah. Pedigreed yeah, and then, he, then, he, driver. Yeah. then he flings Triple H into the post, and there's just blood everywhere at that point. Yeah, and, a, and he, Jesus. he starts beating him down, 
then Triple H cheats, uh, still doesn't get get it done, and then there it is, the big old Batista bomb, and we've got yourselves a new champion. And you started out the two brightest stars of that era's history, John Cena and Dave Batista. You know, congrats to both of them. You know, this was the start, both of their starts into the, the stratosphere that they were going to hit. Mm-hmm. And, you know, like I said, this WrestleMania really started a whole lot of rivalries. So, Eddie, Ray, Orton, Taker, Michaels, Angle, Cena, Layfield, Batista, Triple H. Mm-hmm. This WrestleMania, this is a WrestleMania that, yes, had blow-offs to certain stories, but those stories still continued on from WrestleMania. Sure. And three out of the... One, two, three, four, five, six, seven... Three out of the eight title... Or three out of the eight matches that were on this card were the beginning points of these rivalries. Because Orton Taker didn't pick back up until SummerSlam. Michael's Angle didn't pick up until Vengeance, which was uh, July... Guerrero Mysterio started here and lasted all the way to September to a steel cage match. Like, hell. And then you had Layfield Cena until June, and then you had Batista Triple H until July, and then you had Batista and Cena switch brands when they did the draft that July. It was just ridiculous. Craziness. Definitely one of the best WrestleManias I've ever seen. Without a doubt. Without a doubt. So out of a rating of 10, what would you give it? Uh, Nine. Agreed. Nine. Nine is definitely right up there. I'd definitely say that. Definitely. So, without further ado... We're going to end the podcast on the biggest high note we have, F. Mary Kill, and I do believe it's your turn to pick. I don't remember. It's been a minute. Yeah, it's been um, a couple weeks. <laughs> but, F. Mary Kill, uh, we're going to take the two people in the sumo match there. You the big show. Uh, the big show and Akibono. Isha Masha Nui. Mr. Akibono, Masha yep. Nui. Jesus Christ, that's <laughs> racist. Um, so we're going to have them two involved. And... Hmm. Pick another fat person. Um, I'm, uh... I don't want to make it too easy on you, though. That's the thing. Ooh, I pr- have I already used Rikishi? No, we have not used Rikishi either of us. So we'll throw Rikishi in there too. So I have to deal with someone's fat ass, someone's grotesque physical attributes, or Aki Bono. Fantastic. Um. Hmm. Well, I'm going to fuck Aki Bono because that's the f- professional sumo wrestler, so put that under my belt. 
Um, <laughs> I'm going to marry Big Show because he's in AEW making a shitload more money. Um, <laughs> and that divorce settlement would be pretty fucking sweet. Um, <laughs> and Rikishi, I'm putting a rocket up your ass and sending you to the moon because I don't want to deal with that. Bye bye. So with that, the podcast is over. Thank you guys for listening so much. Thank you guys for listening to Twitch. Um, apologizing for everything that happened earlier tonight. Um, now, like I told them, man, stuff happens. This is real life. Yeah, we're filming. We're filming these podcasts while real life is going on around us. Sometimes stuff happens. Sometimes you hear my dogs in the background playing or barking. Right. Sometimes stuff goes down. So. You're a father and a husband, and you had stuff you got to do, man. It's all good. Um, thank you for joining the chat at the last minute. Sorry, I didn't see that till just now. Um, <laughs> but uh, somebody joined in with us. Yeah, somebody joined the chat. Um, but uh, I just want to let you guys know to follow both of us on TikTok at DJ Hype Train at Matt at kayfabe report for me uh follow us on kayfabe report on facebook follow us on instagram at kayfabe report and follow us oh you have your own dj shirt i didn't know that oh yeah i got i have yeah, the kayfabe one, report shirt here this one says positive vibes only on the back but um yeah so like i said follow us on all the socials listen to the podcast uh we are we began going on youtube last week uh, that was a fuck up. I apologize, but it is what it is, and it will be up there for all to see. <laughs> uh, but this week will definitely be a lot different. Uh, the YouTube scheduling will be podcast. The audio podcast comes out on Friday. The video you, uh, podcast will be coming out on Monday. So that way, everybody has time to either, if they want to, either watch it on Monday on their way to work or whatever, or listen to it on their way to work, and. So that's it. So thank you guys for listening. Thank you guys for watching. Uh, hopefully next week we get a little bit more feedback from the chat. And it would be interesting to have on the podcast. So thank you guys. Uh, love you all. See you next week. Thanks, guys.